Hi, I'm Patty Rappa. I've been a business owner and turnaround management coach for over 20 years, and I've seen it all. We're entering a new business climate, one with storms ahead. And it's not going to be easy, and it's certainly not going to be about the quick fix. This is about building business strength, endurance, and health. This is Entrepreneurial Vitamin. We've got this. Hey guys, welcome. I am so excited to be sharing some of this time with you. Um, You know, we're in the thick of it. We're heading into a phase that no one can really just kind of check back and see what other people did. Um, I've been doing this for a really long time, this whole business turnaround and build up new startups and all that stuff. And I thought, you know, what better time than to really encourage the folks that are out there really trying to figure out what to do next? Because when we don't have resources to go back to and see, you know, how did our forefathers build and make things happen? The next best thing to do is to look to see what are people doing? What have people done in the past when it came down to pitfalls and working out those pitfalls and working through those challenges so that perhaps I don't fall into the same divots so that I don't have the same challenges and maybe get that much further ahead. So that's my goal is actually sharing a lot of the how to's, how things have played out over the years, Um, just little context in reference to how I I've even been involved in all of these, um, you know, scenarios, if you will. Um, last 20 years have been pretty eventful, to say the least. I um, I started out my first corporation, my first company. I've always been kind of a business girl. And, you know, I didn't play really dolls when I was younger. I played business. I'd had one of those little plastic cash registers, and I had my, my dad's old checks. I'd write checks, and my dolls were actually my customers. So I was kind of had it in my blood to, to have a little business, to play business, to do all these kinds of transactions transactions and moving things and all that kind of stuff. So in my early 20s, um, I think it was about 21, I started getting wind of this thing called the internet coming down the pike. I'm going to date myself here. Um, And it was kind of the next big thing. Everybody needed to be on board and get their websites up and all that stuff. So I went to some workshops and got caught the bug. I was like, I had not even sent the first email just for context, nothing. I'd never even done anything on the internet. But I decided that afternoon when after one of these workshops, I was going to be in the internet business. I was going to build websites. I was going to sell stuff online. It was going to be my new career. And at ripe old age of 21, I came home and I declared to my family that this is my new business venture. I am going to, and I went and I registered my corporation with an attorney, um, took out my credit cards, ran them up and just went to town to get it all set up. Um, Didn't have the how to, but I knew that it was going to be the current that was relevant and people were going to be on that current. And so I needed to be a part of that. And we're going to talk a lot about recognizing the currents throughout this series. Um, Long story short, we ran that business for many years, did very successful uh, transactions with it, had a lot of really great clients. And then Y2K came around and a lot of those clients were like, oh, you guys are so tech savvy. Do you do computer work? I'd like to get ready for my Y2K, you know, era here, the unknown again and what's going to happen and all that. Um, And so we had family that was in the business of working on computers and so on, didn't have their own business, but knew how to do that work. 
And like a good, you know, girl, I was like, let's employ the family. Let's give them opportunities. Let's build out this computer division and make something, you know, for the clients that are looking to get that service done. Long story short, the demand was through the roof. We had not enough people to meet that demand. We were buying tons of technical equipment. Mind you, we were a tech company making websites. And, you know, you may ask, how, how did I even build the websites? Well, we had techs that built our websites. I sold them and worked with designers. I basically project managed them. So that was a successful venture and it was running really well and making money. But this new computer division was not. It was a lot of output and not a whole lot of input because people were asking for the upgrades and the preparedness, but they weren't necessarily able to spend money on it. And so we would buy a lot of inventory, we'd go out and we'd spec jobs and do a lot of extra work that we weren't getting paid on. Long story short, it actually plummeted and it caused the original company, the one that was doing well, um, they were all under one roof. That's lesson number one. I God, you don't integrate, you know, two different industries as, as similar as they may be. You do not try to be a one shop does it all. Um, under one umbrella. And so long story short, it, it did, it plummeted. I ended up filing bankruptcy um, by the I think in late 20s. And that to me was the end of the world. I thought that's, I'm never going to come back from this is my failure. I am going to literally never be able to have another business again. I can't believe that I'm, I'm this young. I just started out and I'm filing bankruptcy. That's what people do when they're just drug addicts or they're, you know, just dysfunctional in some way or can't, you know, keep it together. No, it happens to the best of us. And we, I promise you, no matter what, you will live through it if it happens. You will have amazing opportunities after. I actually bought a house immediately after. And um, yeah, not that devastating, not the end of the world, workable. So we'll talk about some of that later on. But um, yeah, so anyhow, that was incredibly crazy making. I ended up restarting the internet development, web development company um, under a whole new name, whole new brand, all of it. And we ran it successfully and then sold it for many, many, many hundreds of thousands of dollars and decided, okay, now is time to actually do some good in the world. We wanted to go out and maybe do some missionary work. We were getting um, some wind of some organizations on the West Coast in California that we wanted to check out and thought, what better? We've got money coming in. Um, our house was leased. We could, you know, step away. There were great renters in it. And we packed up the minivan with a pop-up camper and took off for a summer across country. Had a 10-year-old by that time. We had our son very, very young and ended up in on the West Coast, wasn't the missionary work that we were looking for. Um, so we thought, you know, we definitely want to raise our son in a place that is a little bit more um, just nature driven, loved what Oregon had to offer, and ended up setting up shop in Oregon. Um, found some jobs, some temporary jobs, but the entrepreneurial bug always kind of hit me no matter where I was. Um, long, not, not a whole lot of time went by before I started a new venture. And this time I took the best of the best from my last company, which was very much doing design work, 
layouts and building. And yeah, some technical, but I didn't want to get so deep into the tech side anymore. It was very, very um, robust. And I felt like, you know, with technology, it evolves so quickly. Um, we were on the West Coast now. It was dot-com land. Um, lots of Silicon Valley people, lots of people that, you know, were already doing the tech game well. And I thought, you know, I might as well just kind of stick with what I love and decide later if I want to add tech back in. So I went straight into ad agency world, worked on layouts, billboards, radio, television, all kinds of fun, fun projects, and found myself really loving the work. But after a while, you do a lot of marketing, you do a lot of advertising, and you realize that there's kind of a common thread amongst the clients that is not really changing and you wonder why you wonder if it's your failure I mean again it we're our own worst enemy aren't we aren't we the ones that always beat ourselves up the worst when things go wrong so you're like this must be that my ad my ads my my layouts my my communication pieces they must not be working as well and so a few times I mean and these were phenomenal campaigns they were award-winning campaigns but sooner or later the client was back to square one where it's like we have no money we need to run another campaign and I'm like why don't you have any money you made so much money from the previous campaign where's the 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 disconnect and so I started deciding to I decided to actually go a little deeper I went and I started researching what these people do when they d dive deep into corporations, they go into the organizational, you know, development phases and figure out what's happening. Um, I sought after some mentors. I'm really good about really asking people if I can intern with them and work with them. And this group was phenomenal. Um, I'll share some of their stories later on in the series. Um, but we spent about two years, actually, I, I followed them around the country, watched how they turned around corporations and businesses and management teams and C-level, you know, folks and all these different folks that are very hard to restructure and turned entire corporations inside out, but into successful organizations so that by the time there was an ad campaign, there was a communications piece, there was anything that hit when the clients finally showed up at the door, there wasn't a disconnect. There was a full intentional carry out plan where no matter what happened, they were able to retain those clients. They were able to keep that cash flow going. They were able to maintain those streams of income that normally would have fizzled out and they needed a new marketing campaign. They needed a new ad campaign for me. They were able to sustain it all. And I thought this is the kind of work that I feel I need to be doing. So I started doing more consulting on that level for turnaround management. Uh, ended up closing the agency, um, found some folks to, you know, buy some different pieces and found some investors and worked through some different channels in that way. And um, straight out went out to consulting. And it was incredible. There was so much deep dive in these corporations. And mind you, I had all these years of marketing and advertising behind me. So when I told them, it's not your marketing and advertising, it's your internal operations that are really coming, you know, to a halt. Once we get the client in the door, you're not really getting the most out of those opportunities. Um, 
it was earth shattering for many of these folks. And we worked for years. And again, with my mentor team, because I wasn't, they were PhDs in this work. I was only the one to facilitate and very much project manage that whole um, system and keep all the parts moving. But they were the ones that came in and did the heavy lifting. And so over the years, we would find the most desolate family-run businesses, you name it. And we're going to talk a lot about all of these stories in this series, um, just falling apart and, you know, needing so much help, needing to reformat so much relationship building and so much, you know, just emotional development um, so that by the time the clients actually arrived, by the time those moments hit, it was a fruitful thing that happened. It was nice and carried out well. And then those stories, there's so many of those. And, and we'll talk about how we managed to get, you know, people from just literally 200 people in their database and no recognition um, whatsoever on the same stage with Tony Robbins within a year. Um, so fun stories like that, amazing, amazing stories like that. And little by little, we ended up getting lots and lots of just recognition for just the healing work that we did, the work that was very sound, very holistic. We looked at organizations as a living, breathing being, not and businesses, not just a piece, not just a, you know, one-off kind of thing. And that's what my hope is during this time of crazy time of uncertainty is to really help you take a step back, look at your organization and all the moving parts. If you're just starting out, that's great. Then you really don't have a lot to have to figure out besides just the startup phase, which I've done so many and I'm more than happy to definitely coach through that process. As we go along, we'll be talking a lot about startup. But even if you're in, you know, deep into your business and you have a lot of craziness happening, you don't understand what to do, there's going to be pieces through this series that you're going to very much be able to apply from an organizational development piece, from a marketing and advertising piece, from a financial piece. I can't tell you how many times we had to sit and really, really dissect financials and realize, okay, this is why things aren't working out on this side of the house or why this department isn't really optimizing and being productive the way it needs to be. And it's not that the people suck. That's the biggest thing we always go to, isn't it? When we're entrepreneurs, we're like, my people just suck. My people are so not with it. They're not paying attention. They're not giving me their full, you know, potential and blah, blah, blah. No, it's actually deeper than that. It goes way deeper than that. They always say leadership and everything, you know, everything rolls downhill. It starts at the top. And not to say that we're bad leaders. It's sometimes we're clouded. Our vision gets a little bit encumbered because we have so many things on our plate. So we're going to tease out those scenarios and understand where those pitfalls can lie, where the getting the people on board and understanding what really speaks to our folks. You know, I run a business now um, that's all millennials and so different than what I was used to. I was used to a bunch of guys and ties early years in my corporate world. 
And um, now it's just a bunch of girl millennials and trying to get them, you know, on board with ideas and trying to get them motivated. And they've done incredible work um, from the moments I met them until now, and they are thriving, but it took a lot of coaching and a lot of personal one-on-one. And so we're going to talk about what that looks like and may sound like a lot of work in, in the context of it all, but it actually is very rewarding work. It's very, um, it's not, if it doesn't feel like work, it actually feels very fulfilling. And so lots of fun things in those aspects too. Um, so after just to recap, you know, and finish off just the, the history there after my deep dive into the organizations and so on, I started consulting with a group down here in LA, um, and found myself just loving it here and decided, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to take a stab at living and working in LA. And that was a big jump for me. Um, But I also found that it wasn't so much that I wanted to stay in the corporate land. I I was in my mid thirties by that time. I wanted to dive deeper into like things that I thought were fun. And what I thought was really fun were salons and and spas because obviously I'm a girl and I love to go to those. And so I thought maybe I should start specializing in certain industries. Maybe I should start working, you know, alongside folks that are in those industries. And long story short, I had, you know, business sales and marketing and all that behind me. I decided, you know, why don't I start with a brokerage company? See, you know, what it looks like to sell salons and spas. I've done it before. I know how to do that. I know how to fix them too if they're in trouble. Um, and so I signed up with a brokerage, again, another internship. Um, they coached me through what it looks like to work with, um, folks that, you know, are wanting to turn around their corporations and make them better and all that, and then sell them ultimately. And I came across a group, um, that was, I apologize if there's some noise, we are podcasting from home as we are in quarantine. So (laughs) don't mind the noise. Um, they're doing construction. Um, they, basically came across this group that was in dire straits need. They were bankrupt, basically, a a whole string of franchises in the spot world. Um, One of the franchises even had chains on the doors and people were standing outside wanting to get their services. It was pretty crazy. And so I thought, yeah, I can definitely work with this group. Um, There was a group of doctors that owned it. And, um, you know, doctors are great and they know how to heal the world, but always don't make the best business decisions. In this case, that was the situation. So we're like, okay, let's come in and let's work on the business side for you. And then we'll sell it and we'll sell it for you. Well, long story short, we turned those around within, um, did some crazy amount of marketing and crazy amount of turnaround management. And um, within six months, made them worth somewhere along, I think it was like $3.4 million. Um, and they didn't want to sell anymore. So that was a whole nother story. We'll get into that in another, uh, another series um, day. Um, but it actually taught me a lot about the spa and wellness industry. And I decided I wanted to stay in it. So over the last 10 years, I've been actually specializing in that, um, either investing in them or managing them or outright owning them myself and have been doing a ton of work with this space. Uh, so we're going to reflect a lot on the beauty, you know, finds and 
um, on a business level, you know, what works, what doesn't. Working with staff, it's very difficult to work with staff um, on a one-on-one basis many times in this industry because it's a hop-around industry. A lot of people hop around from salon to salon, from spa to spa. And how to really keep your staff motivated and keep them interested and keep them excited. So pieces like that are going to definitely be addressed and worked through and very vulnerable place for me because I'm, I mean, I put my heart and soul into a lot of these um, relationships and we'll definitely share how they have, you know, played out either good or bad um, throughout the years. And then um, finally in all, you know, the, the throughout the series, we're going to talk more about what it looks like to just run the day-to-day on a just holistic spiritual level. And what I mean by that is, we're not going to get too churchy, but I do very much touch on what it looks like to have just a very good foundational just grounding. I am nothing without my spiritual walk, nothing. I mean, all of these challenges, all of these situations that I've been in over the years have been tests to my just person, um, my God, how I just relate to my God and how I am able to just endure the storm. And so I'm going to share some of those stories with you as well and help you just kind of, you know, get to that point where you're not beating yourself up no matter what happens these next couple years, you know, few years, who knows how long this climate of uncertainty and economic crazy ups and downs or whatever the situation, who knows how long it's going to last. But no matter what happens, you need to know that, first of all, you're going to be okay. Second of all, you can make it a very successful growth time and a time where you really, really find those beautiful moments of figuring out who you are and whose you are in that situation, in that scenario. And make sure that you don't go crazy in the process. And that's a tough one. That's the hardest part I've encountered over the years of being in this entrepreneurial space is that we are incredibly tough on ourselves. What motivates us to go after the things that we want to go after is usually that little voice of you're not doing enough, you could be doing more with your life. And that little voice is very, it's very valuable in the sense that it can very much drive you, makes things happen when you didn't think they could happen. So many things, good things come from that little voice. But that's also the same little voice that keeps you up at night and makes you second guess yourself. And so it's kind of a, a, you know, double-edged sword, if you will. It, It does some great things and it really, you know, pummels through the just jungle when you're needing to really kind of cut down the trees, but it can also cut you and it can also cut deep and it can, those, those wounds sometimes don't heal right away. I know I've carried some through the years. Um, and it's been tough. It's been tough to learn how to overcome those areas of uncertainty, but I promise you it's possible. And I promise you, you will get out on the other side of this with so much so, so much because that's the essence of life, isn't it? It's growth. And for growth to happen, something has to break. A seed has to pop open. An animal has to die so that the earth gets the nutrients and new trees grow. Something has to break and something has to reset and then growth can happen. And this is a time and this is a climate where that is going to happen. Things are going to reset. Things are going to break and things are going to grow. 
And in this time together, I promise you that I will give you everything I have in reference to how to help that growth and we'll do it together. So that's my promise for this series. Um, Not going to be perfect. I have a lot of, you know, my own stuff that I will be very much revealing and it's going to look messy and some can be like, how the hell did she deal with that? And what did she do? But I promise you there is always a good ending to all of it, even if the ending ended up in a lawsuit, believe it or not, which I've had many of those. And we'll talk about those as well and how we navigated those. Um, None to my own fault. I mean, all of them were literally, you know, I was in favor um, in those situations, but did I have to go through them? Did I have to hire attorneys? Did I have to go through all the painstaking work of getting, you know, proving my case and all of that? Absolutely. And we're going to talk about that as well. So look forward to it, guys. I am so excited. And yeah. Let's take on this next new chapter with lots of fortification and the entrepreneurial vitamins that we all very much are going to need in this new climate. Um, And I'll catch you on the next podcast. Take care.